We live in a time of tremendous opportunity for innovators, entrepreneurs, and those with skill and imagination. But it seems at every turn, there are forces that slow us down or get us off track. I believe you can trigger your independence and lead a flourishing life, be free to choose, and live according to your own values. Join us in a conversation about big ideas in life, liberty, and the pursuit of your happiness. Welcome to The John Riley Project. Hey, everybody, how you doing? And welcome to The John Riley Project. It's episode number 245. Hope you had a great Father's Day weekend. You know, we got a good episode in store for you. We're going to be talking about ditching a bad job. And uh, I was inspired by an article I read recently in the San Diego Union Tribune. So we're going to kind of go through this topic of when is it time to ditch a bad job? What are the opportunities on the other side? And really what's going on right now in this this sort, I'm not going to say a post-pandemic world, I mean, because we still have a pandemic going on, but what we're all kind of experiencing as the economy is starting to ramp back up. And we'll talk also you know, a little bit of an extension of that. We'll talk about comfort zones. Um, so welcome your thoughts and comments. You know, we, we're doing the live stream. That means you can chime in, share your thoughts and comments on YouTube or Facebook. I'll read them on the air and we'll have a bit of a conversation. But just first of all, how'd you, how's your father's day, everybody? I mean, you guys have a good family time. You know, we, I, I was kind of busy actually. Um, went to a graduation party uh, for one of our frequent guests and frequent live uh, live stream uh, guests, uh, Mike Ryan. His daughter just graduated from high school. We went down to the Hop Stop in Poway, which is kind of like a, a, a beer bar, but it's a really cool environment. It's very open um, seating. It's kind of indoor, outdoor combined, uh, a lot of sports on TV, some really good beer and food there. We had a, it's a really neat place. Uh, Poway needs more of this sort of thing. Um, Amanda on the live stream and she says, uh, we ate too much, but it was awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, when I went to the, the graduation party over at the hop stop, I think I ate a little too much there as well. Uh, so I try to like balance it out some of my other meals, but I'll tell you what, you know, um, when you're together on Father's Day, there's always, you know, family things to do, you know, lots of going on in our world. So hopefully y'all had a good Father's Day. Then for the actual Father's Day on Sunday, uh, my, my daughter is in town. My son, you know, is now living in Oklahoma. So my daughter lives in San Diego. So my wife and daughter and I, we went down to a place called Pitchers and it's in Rancho Penasquitos. And it's actually very similar to the hop stop. It's this um, kind of indoor, outdoor um, merged location that has lots of really good beer and good food and lots of sports on TV and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a kind of a nice place as well. It's probably a little bit more attractive than the hop stop, but uh, that's over kind of near not too far from Mount Carmel High School, if you're familiar with the area. So had a good time, you know, got to watch Padres sweep the, the Reds and watch a bunch of NBA games. But I had a really good Father's Day weekend. So I hope you all did as well. Um, OK, so let's let's get into this topic about ditching a bad job, because I, I just you know, I've, I've touched on this quite a bit on the podcast, but I just saw this article and it was fascinating and it's right in the wheelhouse of what we enjoy talking about here on the podcast. And the title of the article in the San Diego Union Tribune is Retail Workers Quit at Record Rates for Higher Paying Jobs. 
And then, quote, my life isn't worth a dead end job. So this is great. I mean, this this article I was really encouraged as I read through it. And this this um, young lady, her name's Christina Knowles, and she spent much of the pandemic working the closing shift at the dollar store, sometimes nine consecutive days without a break for only $10.25 an hour. Now, granted, this is an article that originally came from the Washington Post. So, in, you know, in other parts of the country, you know, $10.25 an hour is lower than the minimum wage in California, Right. What is the minimum wage here? I think it's 14 bucks an hour or 13 bucks an hour if you're working for a smaller company, right? Or is it 15 and 14 in California? I get confused. But in other parts of the country, it's a lot less, right? And she was earning $10.25 an hour, working nine consecutive days without a break at a dollar store. Um, and she felt isolated. She felt anxious. She was demoralized. Um, and so... Last month, she quit her job. She was 30, 34 years old, quit her job, left the industry that, you know, retail industry that she's worked most of her adult life. And she got a job at a local law firm. And already three days in, she is so excited, so happy. Uh, she says it feels like a dream. It's such a great opportunity. And she's making more money and not dealing with all the stress that she had as a retail worker. And a lot of other retail workers are finding jobs in less stressful positions. And according to this article, it said with insurance agencies, with marijuana dispensaries, which is which is great. Um, love seeing the whole marijuana dispensary industry really gathering steam. Um, so people are escaping and finding a way to find some peace and calm in that industry. Um, people are leaving retail, going to work for banks, going to work for local government, where their customer service skills are actually rewarded. And they're making higher wages. They're getting better benefits. Others are going back to school to learn new skills. So this is one of the really one of the blessings of the pandemic, right? I mean, look at it from a silver lining approach that it's caused so much disruption in people's lives and the chaos, the uncertainty. And then people began to really look inward and say, what the hell am I doing in my life? Is this a job that really is rewarding? Is this a job that really not just pays the bills, but does it is this something I want to do in my life? My, you know, we're seeing people dying in the pandemic. We realize we're mortal. We realize that life is short. Do we really want to suffer through a job that doesn't pay well, that has a lot of stress, that gives you erratic hours, a job that in many cases doesn't provide benefits? So some of these workers, yeah, they're going to banks, they're going to local government. And, you know, we talk a lot about playing the game, right, on this podcast. You know, playing the game meaning, you know, the way the the world is set up, you may agree or disagree with how the system is built, but you got to play along with the rules that exist. Jobs in local government are very lucrative if you are of modest skills um, because they pay well, they provide excellent benefits. Um, I think if you are someone that doesn't have a college degree, that would be a great career to pursue because the benefits and the pay are typically pretty good for an equal job of equal skills in the private sector typically pays a lot less. So some of these workers are finding ways to navigate, finding ways to maneuver to benefit themselves. And in this article, they did interviews with Dozens of retail workers who recently left their jobs and nearly all said 
that the pandemic introduced you know, new kind of challenging work. The bigger problems came forward in the pandemic. There were longer hours. There were the stores were understaffed. The customers were unruly. Even some people had pay cuts. So while a lot of people are suffering through this pandemic for you know, maybe they got sick or maybe they were they lost their job. There were a lot of people that were working through the pandemic and it was hell for them. It was a grind. And they're now reassessing this um, other person, 23 year old in, in Murphy Brew. How do you say that? Murph Freeze Borough, Tennessee, said it was a really dismal time and she made it realize that the job just wasn't worth it. My life wasn't worth a dead end job. And so we're seeing more workers have a kind of a, a wider understanding that there are better job opportunities out there. You know, we, we talk about how there's a worker shortage. Some might say it's an incentive shortage, right, that these jobs just aren't paying enough and people are finding that they're not taking that crap job. Like my, my son is in um, Norman, Oklahoma. He's starting at the University of Oklahoma. He's going to summer school as we speak. And he's trying to find a job. And he was looking for a gig out there. And, you know, in California, right, the minimum wage is, I, I think it went up on January 1st. So I think it's $15 an hour and 14 if you work for a company, I think, with less than 25 employees. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But in other parts of the country, not only is the minimum wage lower, not only can the minimum wage be the, the federal minimum wage, which is only seven twenty-five an hour, in many states, if you work in a job that the compensation is largely driven by tips, you make less than minimum wage. You can make as little as like $2.13 an hour. So my son's out there looking for a job, and he was considering working at like at a Buffalo Wild Wings. And that was the, the pay. It was $2.13 an hour plus tips. And he just said, you know, forget that. I mean, I'm way more valuable. My time is more valuable than that. Now, granted, you know, in Oklahoma, things, prices are a lot less. So that means the tips would be a lot less. And also it's a Buffalo Wild Wings in a college town. So the tipping probably wouldn't be very generous. So he just said, screw it. I'm not going to do that. So it's great that, 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 People are just saying to employers that aren't paying enough or don't have the right job conditions, the right environment, the the right – they don't treat their customer, their employees properly. Employees are finally just saying, F it. You know, I'm, I'm fed up with this and I'm going to take control back of my life. And I'm, I'm just loving this. I mean, I think this is so great. Um, now, there are obviously some some people have, have left their job because they can't find child care, which creates a whole other dynamic, right? So they're finding that they can't do child care because a lot of the child care was shut down because of the pandemic. Now they're opening back up the child care opportunities, but a lot of times they're paying – the, the, what they pay in childcare isn't that much less than what they're making in their job. So again, a lot of times people are just saying, F it. Um, I've had enough of this. So the, the, the one example, the one, the woman that worked in the dollar store that I told you about when we kicked this off, and this is a great story. She said 
that her lucky break came on a particularly busy night at the dollar store when the checkout line snaked all the way to the back of the store. And there was a customer in line who was charmed by her upbeat nature and impressed that not a single customer left despite the wait, encouraged her to, and she, this customer encouraged this woman at the cash register to apply for a job at the law firm. Um, And so she applied in April. A few weeks later, she was offered the job and she's making, now in this case, it's $13 an hour, but she was making $10.25 in that retail job. So she got a raise. She's working in a law firm rather than a dollar store. The law firm's going to treat her a lot better, or you would think they would. Um, So good for her. Um, now, it's interesting is a, a lot of these employers are having to step up to the plate. So Target, Best Buy, Under Armour, K Jewelers have all recently increased their starting minimum wage to $15 an hour. And of course, you know, Amazon did that a long time ago. Amazon has a minimum of $15 an hour. Really, they did it partly to recruit more employees. I think they did it a few years ago. They, I think they also did it as a PR move because they were getting a lot of crap because they're the number one company, so they're the target. And this was during the whole living wage argument. And they just said, you know, let's just give them 15 bucks an hour. So they've been doing it for a while. But still, they're having trouble recruiting employees. Now they're paying uh, hiring bonuses as much as $1,000 per new employee once they sign. Um, so... Uh, This this whole dynamic is very interesting. Now, granted, a lot of this is fueled by the fact that coming through this pandemic, people have been able to not only collect unemployment benefits, the regular unemployment benefits, but they were getting the more generous additional unemployment benefits uh, of what was it, 300 bucks a week. And I think that's still active in some states. And then at the same time, they were also getting the stimulus checks. So For many people, they already had a a cash flow that they didn't feel like they had to take the bad job. Now, we can debate, you know, whether the unemployment benefits were not enough or were too much or they really shouldn't exist. I mean, we can break that down, but let's just say it is what it is. I mean, we got to play the game, right? Those are the rules of the game. These people are knowing that they've got a cash flow coming in and they don't have to take that crap job. And again, this is it's causing it's rocking the world of retail. Some labor experts are saying the retailers are not going far enough in addressing structural problems in the industry. Retailers should be focusing more on stable schedules, safer working conditions and benefits like sick leave and vacation time. So cool. Now. Of course, the whole landscape of retail is changing, right? As more people are buying through Amazon, as more people are buying at other online retailers. I mean, Walmart.com is generating a tremendous amount of revenue. So is Home Depot.com. A lot of these brick and mortars have great online presences, great e-commerce presences. But Amazon, of course, is is a beast. Amazon is doing Prime Day, I think, today and tomorrow. All kinds of smoking deals. The whole landscape of retail is shifting. So the way brick and mortar companies have to rethink their approach. And 
typically a brick and mortar company, what's going to differentiate them from an e-commerce business is the people. The people that work there are the ones that are not only going to provide a more pleasant shopping experience, but oftentimes the people that work there have deep knowledge in those product categories and can have a conversation with customers listen to their needs, understand their requirements, and then make recommendations on products or recommended solutions. You know, just like when we wander into a Home Depot and we, we have like an old part in our hand and we're not sure what we need to buy, we'll wander over and find a guy in one of those orange aprons and he'll help us. Same is true with Lowe's and here in San Diego, Dixie Line Lumber, the same thing, where those brick and mortar establishments in order to differentiate themselves, they, they really need to provide that positive work and uh, positive shopping experience. We talked a little bit about that in the last podcast about mission statements. And that's Nordstrom's mission statement is to have that really positive shopping experience. So even though the, the landscape of retail is changing, it's still a great opportunity for these, you know, retail establishments, these retail stores to differentiate. But in order to differentiate and have that positive shopping experience, you need to have happy employees. And if you're paying them crap wages, then they're not going to be good representatives of the organization. And then they're going to create a negative shopping experience. And as a result, the whole model is going to circle the drain. So I think People, I would imagine, in some cases, are willing to pay more for product if they can, A, get it immediately, and B, have a, be able to discuss it with an expert. Now, granted, if they know exactly what they want, they'll just go on to Amazon, single click, boom, shows up at their door in a day or two. But retailers really need to rethink their approach, and they really need to see that their employee base, their their human resources, you know, in the true sense of the word, need to be their strategic asset, their their strategic advantage are the employees that make that shopping experience so much better. But in order to get there, they got to be willing to pay more. They got to be able to have more stable work hours, um, more greater benefits, less stress. So I'm excited about this. I think the whole retail industry has an opportunity to shift. Now, some retailers haven't shifted much. I mean, you ever been into a Kohl's? Like we have one here in Poway. When you roll into Kohl's, it's a huge store. I mean, I don't know what the square footage is, but it's massive. And it seems like there's only like five people working there. <laughs> it's uh, very understaffed, you know. And so you just go and pick what you need and you walk out the door you're not really getting much help at a Kohl's. But at other stores, yeah, those employees are, are critical. So again, we welcome your thoughts and comments here on the live stream. Feel free to type them in. We're live streaming on YouTube and on Facebook. There's another um, young man here. His name's Chris Overland, and he used to work at a national electronics chain in San Antonio. And they gave him a $4 an hour pay cut during the pandemic. And he just said, F it, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. And now he's working in construction and he's doing physical labor, but he says it's more fun and it's less stressful. Um, and he feels like he's got a little bit of a future there. He's learning new skills. He's just better off mentally when he just ditched the bad job. I, I just It's just terrific. And there's so many other examples of this in the article. I'll share some of this in the show notes. Um, but 
I mean, we've all had crap jobs. I mean, especially when we were younger. I don't know what you did when you were young. I mean, I had a million jobs when I was young. I was a dishwasher. I, I worked at a gas station. I've done all kinds of things. I've even had some really crazy jobs. I remember when I was in college, I had a job as a private investigator. It was just crazy. I, I, a, I, it was a job posting at my college and it was just a guy and his girlfriend at the time was a recovering alcoholic. And sometimes she would go on a binge and he, he kind of worked far away. He, he, and he would come back to San Diego periodically based on his job. When he suspected that his girlfriend was going to go fall off the wagon, he would call me and I would drive my car and park in the neighborhood where she lived and just sort of make sure her car stayed at her, uh, in her condo complex. And if it ever did leave or if it ever wasn't there, I was supposed to call him. Now, that was actually a great job when you were in college. I got paid just to sit in my car and I got to do homework. And it's fun being able to say I was a private investigator in a weird way. But I don't know. I've had crappy jobs. I, I remember when I was in high school, I worked at an Arco gas station and this was a job where it was right. It was like in 1981 and it was right when the whole pay first thing happened. Because remember before in the 70s, well, not only was every gas station mostly self uh, was mostly full service, but even if it was self-service and you pumped it yourself, you always paid after. Well, then in the early 80s is when you had to pay in advance and then you would fill it up. And if there was anything left over, you got the money, your change back, essentially. I worked at an Arco station up in Burlingame and I was in a little glass booth <laughs> and some of these old guys would show up and they're like, turn on the pump. And they get really angry at me and they come into my little glass booth. and They start banging on the glass. Um, but I was just inside and I was actually doing my high school homework there, too, while I was working. It was a great job. But I remember one weekend, the owner of the station asked me if I'd be willing to pick up some extra hours to help him clean the car wash because it had one of those car washes, you know, where you put your wheel on one of those tracks and you get pulled through. And I had to go down into the gully where all the dirt washed off all the cars and it was sludge and I had to clean all that out. That sucked. Um, I didn't stay on that job much longer after that. So I know we, people have had crap jobs, you know, and sometimes you don't need to take it anymore. I mean, you don't really need to. Here's Amanda on the live stream. She said, I had a job in college spraying perfume on people walking into a department store called Dillard's. The worst job I ever had. I got yelled at so many times. I've seen people like you, Amanda, where, yeah, you walk into a department store. You know, as I remember as a teenager, you'd walk in to Macy's or and depending on the entrance, you might have to walk through the cosmetic section, which for a young boy was always kind of uncomfortable. And, yeah, there'd be people blasting perfume. I mean, that, that would be pretty rough. I mean, that's almost like a, an assault, right? I don't know. If, can they get away with that now? I would imagine you can't, you know, especially with people with allergies and people, you know, some people get really upset when, when people are wearing too much perfume or too much cologne um, in the workplace. Imagine now, yeah, just getting assaulted in, in, a, in, a, in a store and then having to, you know, you can't really fight back. It's on you. you I mean, you've been, you've been skunked, you know. So Amanda says, yeah, like uh, nowadays, probably not, probably wouldn't be allowed. So um, 
but you know, we don't have to take these crap jobs anymore. I think it's this is part of what I talk about in this podcast that you know, your life is yours. I mean, you own YOLO, right? You only live once. YOLO. And Sometimes people, we, we, they, they stay in their crap job and you're thinking, why are you still doing that? You don't need to do that anymore, especially now with this worker shortage or this incentive shortage. You know, we can go back to that 1970s country music song and just say, take this job and shove it for real. I mean, the, the, now we can take control of our lives, which really we should have been doing for the longest time anyways. And, and there's so many amazing opportunities that exist if we just pursue them. You know, on the internet, you can learn all kinds of skills. There's all kinds of free training. You just go on YouTube. You can learn so much on YouTube. And for really very little, there are experts in product categories that create classes to teach people what they know. Like in my world, I'm, I own a marketing agency, so I help my clients get new customers. And I've been really trying to learn more about search engine optimization. And I know enough of it to be dangerous, but I'm not a pro at search engine optimization. So what have I been doing? I've been learning from other pros. I've been you know, learning in their YouTube um, uh, videos. I've been buying their eBooks about search engine optimization. I've been building my skills for very, very, very little. I don't have to pay $100,000 to go get a college degree in marketing. Now, granted, I already have a college degree, but I don't have to go back to college to learn these skills. In fact, I don't even need to go to a trade school a lot of these these digital courses are revolutionizing the way education is done. And rather than hearing it from some professor that maybe knows the theory, knows how it's done by the textbook, you can actually learn from people that are doing it now every day. And that exists in so many categories because people are realizing that their knowledge, they can monetize it. So they can not only provide services for their employers – as an employee, or maybe they've started their own business and they do 1099 consulting or they take on project work to help other businesses. And that's what I do. But at the same time, they take their knowledge base and they package it into a $79 course, a $399 course, sometimes a $799 course. And then you learn from these people that are really good at what they do. I mean, this is a way that we can now build skills and switch careers and do so very nimbly because of what the internet provides, because of the opportunity that is given to us by technology. And really, you know, it, 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 in my opinion, you know, depending on what is important to you in your life, but for me, always this entrepreneurial spirit's been a big thing for me. I've always had like side hustles. Um, and now it's easier than ever to do that. So even if you're in a job that sucks, but you need to grind it out because you need the money to pay the rent and put food on the table, I get it. But you could still start up a side hustle at night while you're learning those new skills. You can set up a small business online. It's so easy. It's really inexpensive. And begin building clientele. You can build that into something that would eventually take off and you can quit the, the crap job and do that full time. And I mean, that's how I started my, my business. I was working in middle management in the marketing industry and, you know, I had a really good pay, really good benefits. And, but I, I just wasn't, I was feeling the itch. 
and I started up my own gig. And at first it was a side hustle. And then eventually I began adding clientele to the point I couldn't do both the day job and the moonlighting job at the same time. I just didn't have enough hours in the day. So I decided to pull the plug and went went deep into my own gig. And I'm so happy for it. I've learned so much. Um, but you, you, you know, some people still, they stay trapped in a bad job. You ever seen that? Maybe you've done it where you stayed in a job too long or they just grind it out. You know, we talk about how people have comfort zones. Sometimes people get comfort from discomfort, right? Some people sort of thrive off the self-inflicted wounds, thrive off of the drama and the misery. There's some people that are like that. And sometimes they just can't see the bigger picture. And, and I think that's up to people like us to try to help them, is for help them see that there is another world. There is another set of opportunities that are available on the other side if you're just willing to open your mind. But still, people will oftentimes stay in terrible jobs. And in my opinion, it's probably because they don't value themselves to the degree necessary to, to fully take control of their lives. You know, this podcast I talk about, it's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The, the aspect about life is, is about you know, seizing control of your life, that you own you. You're in charge of your life and time is limited and we need to, we need to go for these new opportunities. We can't just sit and wait and hope the opportunity comes our way. We have to go out and get it because if we sit and wait, it'll never come. And the next thing you know, a decade is gone or more. And, and suddenly we can see our lives literally just being pissed away if we don't take control of our situation. So this kind of leads me into the whole topic of comfort zone. So again, I welcome your thoughts. You know, feel free to type them in on Facebook or YouTube. I'll be happy to read them on the air. But comfort zones are a thing, right? Um, I comment on that because I sometimes feel that I get trapped in comfort zones, um, particularly because I work from home and I live at home and I do go and work at my client's site. But a lot of times my home is kind of like my built in comfort zone and it can sometimes hold me back at times to being as productive as I'd like to be. And so I want to kind of get into this comfort zone business. But Amanda has another comment here on the live stream. I think we have to have that mentality that there is something better out there. I don't regret bad jobs I have had because they have taught me a lot and have led me to better things. You are right in that we can't sit and wait. Nothing comes to us. Amanda, you're 100% right. Yeah, we, we've got to go out and get it. And there is, there is, even in those crap jobs, there are things that we learn. That maybe there are skills that we learn, or maybe we learn what we don't want. Maybe we learn more about ourselves that we take our own lives more seriously. And we say, you know what? I'm better than that. I'm more valuable than what those people, the way those people are treating me and F it. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting that job. I'm ditching that bad job. That in and itself is a valuable learning lesson. Um, but you know, it, 
I think for some of the some people that are in bad jobs, in bad situations, and sure, depending on what's going on in the economy, they may not have better options out there. Now, today, that's not that's the opposite. Today, companies are desperate for workers. If you have the right attitude, the right personality, they'll train you. Which is imagine that getting paid and getting trained rather than having to pay money to get trained. They'll pay you to get trained. That's what happened to the woman that was working in the dollar store that had the upbeat personality. She went to work in a law firm. Now she's getting paid more and she's learning in a new industry. She's being trained and she's making more money and benefits and everything else. So now the opportunities are just tremendous. But even if we're in a different world, even if we're in a place where coming out of the Great Recession, when jobs were difficult, there's still things we can do to seize the opportunity. And a lot of that goes back to that entrepreneurial spirit, to, to you know, pursuing that side hustle, pursuing that gig work. So I'm a big supporter of the gig economy. I know a lot of people, they get down, like Uber doesn't treat their people well and, and, and Lyft and DoorDash. And I know there's a lot of Democrats in California that are really down on those companies, down on that, that how do I say it, that, that working model. Lorena Gonzalez is a local assembly person. Um, she's you know the author of that bill that would have made that gig work illegal. Now, granted, you're not going to be a millionaire driving for Lyft or DoorDash or, or Uber. But still, I mean, when people take those gigs, they're taking control. Maybe it's a side hustle. Maybe they're earning extra money. Maybe they just need that job in, rather than as a way to escape the crap job. But at, then when they're doing the gig work, they are they have that entrepreneurial mindset that's going to help them understand that they got to hustle to make an income rather than just, you know, punching in and punching out and dealing with the drudgery of a terrible job. So I think the gig economy changes people's mindset that to make them realize that there is a whole world of opportunity that's out there. And while, yeah, there's a there's an upper limit on how much you're going to earn as a Uber driver, but you're going to learn really what how valuable your time really is. And you're going to learn how to hustle. And I think that's critical. But still, people fall into those comfort zones. People, you know, when they're going through a difficult time, when relationships in their world are erratic, when the economy is, is nuts, rather than going out and taking a risk, they'll retreat. They'll find refuge in a comfort zone. And that comfort zone could be a place, you know, it could be their house. It could be a state of mind. Sometimes people go for comfort food, which tends to supposedly reduce their stress. Um, people will go in a, sometimes like an autopilot routine, right? They just kind of get a little bit of comfort from the consistency. But the, those comfort zones prevent our personal growth. Those comfort zones are like a trap. And it's, it's hard to, first of all, be aware that you're in a trap, you're in a comfort zone. But even once you even realize it, it's harder to escape the comfort zone because, you know, maybe we fear what's on the other side. 
But, you know, we only live once. We, we can't sit and wait. We have to be willing to take risks. Got to go out there and, and get it. Um, but it's hard. You know, sometimes a comfort zone might, to, another way to put it is when people sort of drift through life. I know that when I was in, I was working at a company here in San Diego in the 1990s. I worked there for about know, seven years. I stayed there too long. Um, and I, I know there was a time there where I just sort of drifted. I wasn't really taking my own life seriously. I wasn't looking out for what was best for me. I was in a, I was getting paid well. I had a good amount of responsibility, but I was not challenging myself to the degree that I know I was capable of. And I tended to kind of fall into that comfort zone and just sort of drifted. Looking back at that, I realized, boy, I should have hit the eject button way sooner. Now, I eventually did, and I'm glad I did. But again, I I think I lacked the self-awareness at that particular moment in my life. Now, granted, this was during, now this is probably a good, I'll say it's an excuse. This was right after I got married and right when we began having children, where there's all kinds of other things going on in your world. Um. Sometimes you lose sight of yourself and that in itself sort of that job then became my comfort zone because everything else around me was in a major state of change. But again, looking back at that, I don't think I took myself seriously as much as I should, but to get out of it, to get out of these comfort zones, we have to, again, be self-aware. We have to constantly be challenging ourselves. We have to understand what the reality really is. Um, and then take responsibility for the situation we're in. You know, if we're in a crap job, it's easy to blame your boss. Oh, this job sucks. My boss is awful. And your boss may be awful. Or maybe the company sucks and they don't treat you well. They don't pay you enough. But really, I think the right mentality is, is to look inward and say, you know what? It's my fault. I'm in this situation because I chose to be in this situation and I can exit at any time, especially now in the summer of 2021, when there's all kinds of opportunity, people are realizing this, that they're not having to put up with these crap jobs. So, I mean, what can you do to kind of help build that self-awareness? One thing that's really worked for me is journaling. I don't know if you journal. Uh, For me, it's very, very powerful. Some people have a notebook and they just write down their thoughts. I have a Microsoft Word document on my computer that I open up and now it's it's easily over a thousand pages long. I've been typing into this journal now for years, probably about eight years. And I don't journal every day. Sometimes I'll go on stretches of time while I'll journal every day, but usually it's like every other day especially when my mind is a little cloudy. Um, Maybe I'm feeling a little bit stressed. Maybe I've got lots of things, lots of people pulling me in different directions. I sit down and journal. And what I do is I write down my thoughts and feelings. And there's no, there's no rules. You know, there's, there's no, um, it's not like you're a writing assignment, you know, for an English class (laughs) where you have to write an essay. There are no rules. And I just, unload my mind. I just type all the things I'm thinking about. 
And it's powerful. And I'll, I'll write down the, the reasons why I'm not feeling good about something. And then I'll ask myself the question, why am I feeling that? And I'll sit and pause and think, come up with the answer to my own question. And I write that in my journal. It's like, you know, self-analysis. And the, my journaling may that last maybe 15 minutes. Some days it's only five. Other days it's 15 minutes. Sometimes it's 45 minutes I've spent in some cases. But the journaling process is really helpful for me because it helps me unload all of this noise in my mind, all of this, you know, chaos of thought. I get it down in writing. And the first thing I realize is, wow, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, there's a lot going on in my mind, but I'm repeating things in my mind. I, I might have four things in my mind, but they're jumbling around in my brain like they're in a, in a dryer, like your, your clothes jumbling through the dryer, and you recycle different versions of the same thought over and over again, that four items on your to-do list can feel like 34 items when you think and rethink and overthink. But by journaling, it clears a lot of that noise out and it simplifies things. And it's extremely powerful for me, extremely powerful. And it's a moment where I really make a, a note to really ask myself how I'm feeling. I try to have a greater sense of self-awareness. So if a person is in a crap job, Sometimes they're just in the grind, you know, and I get it, you know, it's hard and they're just, they're busting their butt and they're working 40 hours a week. Maybe they got two jobs. They're just trying to get by. And then Friday night comes and all they want to do is blow off steam and they go and have fun with their friends. And, you know, the next day they're hungover and, they, and it's kind of a wasted Saturday. I mean, I've done that before. Um, Sometimes, though, you just got to take a moment to really look inward. And journaling, to me, is really powerful. Now, I'm doing a lot of things myself to try to get out of comfort zones. This podcast, by the way, is one of those things. I started this in 2018, and I started it for a, a long list of reasons. But one of them was, was for me to take a risk, for me to push myself, for me to learn new things, try new things, meet new people, to get out of a comfort zone that I was in. And I'll tell you what, this podcast is so rewarding for me personally. Just being able to share these comments and thoughts with you, interacting right now on my screen here during the live stream. I know a lot of people download these episodes, but just the act of preparing for the podcast and sharing my thoughts, that in and of itself is very, very fulfilling. It's almost therapeutic to a great degree. It makes me stop from all the other things I'm working on and just really work on this. So this podcast is a big, a big way that I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone. And I'm trying to shift some of my focus on, the, on this podcast. I talked about this last week where I want to now be delivering more content like this, where I think I can offer more value to people to help them in their personal life and in their business life. You know, in the beginning, I started this podcast and I was just having really good conversations with a lot of local um, 
politicians, community leaders, with entrepreneurs and athletes. And I had great discussions when we first started the podcast. Then I went through another phase of this podcast where it was mostly my own personal kind of uh, self-expression. But, you know, in the end, I I want this to be of value, not just educational um, in terms of learning about some of these interesting people in our community, but I want to be able to provide value like we're talking about today, about taking your career seriously by having greater self-awareness, by realizing that there are better opportunities out there for you, by valuing your own life and being self-aware and doing journaling to help you gain that self-awareness. I want to share some of my own experiences that have been so helpful to me that I think can be helpful to you and to others out there. So I'm doing that. Um, I told you I've gone through a major overhaul of the front page of my website. If you want to go check it out, go to johnreillyproject.com. And I'm starting to offer more of this kind of valuable content for both in business life and in personal life. And I'm, I'm trying to fine tune my messaging there, but that's something I'm really working on to push myself as it pertains to this particular project. Because the John Riley project isn't just a podcast. There's a lot more to it. And I'm really trying to capture the rest of the project and really have a, a, an overriding mission to the whole, whole piece. And if you want to go, you can go check it out. This is an evolution that I'm going through on it. Um, another thing I'm doing um, to push myself to get out of my comfort zone, like I said, I'm learning new skills. I'm really right now search engine optimization is a big thing for me. I'm learning new skills. I'm expanding the number of things that my business does by providing more and more services on my website. Because there were things I've been doing for clients for years that wasn't really featured on my website, which was, you know, a disservice to myself. So I'm really working on that. Um, the other thing, this is a new thing I've been doing, is over the weekend I was journaling and really was feeling the trap of the comfort zone. And sometimes, you know, when you work from home and you live at home, sometimes your days can be like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, right? It's just like the same day over again. Um, and I said to myself, you know what, I got to get out of the house more. I've got to... And especially during the pandemic, you know, I, I would often go and spend time on my client sites. But with the pandemic, I wasn't doing that. So now what I'm uh, going to do, I haven't signed the deal, but I'm going to sign up with a company called Regis, R-E-G-U-S. And this is a co-working facility. It's a place where people can go to work that just need an extra office, just need a place to go that has a comfortable seating arrangement, has Wi-Fi, is conductive or conducive to doing business. And I'm going to start integrating this into my day. And I'm going to be visiting one of these offices. Regis has, I think, like 10 or 15 offices in San Diego County. They got facilities all over the nation for just $99 a month. I can go and work on my business in their location. To me, that's very valuable. It's a pattern interrupt. It breaks me out of a comfort zone, gets me into a new place with new visuals, new environment, 
and it rattles my mind and gets me to think more creatively and pushes me. You know, sometimes here am I working from home, I have to be a very, very good self-motivator. I have to really push myself to get things done on my to-do list because I'm not in an office environment with all that energy and all that interaction with other employees that can really push you along. Now, granted, sometimes that office environment can you know, take you on tangents. You get stuck in awful meetings that are pointless. But still, from working from home, you've got to be very self-driven. But sometimes you just need that extra shot of caffeine, right? So I'm going to be doing this with Regis. I went and visited their facility in Scripps Ranch today. It's nice. It's really nice. It's in a really professional office building. And they have a lounge area. They've got a, um, you know, kind of like a, a lunchroom. But it's all really professionally done. And it's in a very professional high-rise building and with modern furniture and modern artwork. And only 99 bucks a month, I have access to their general lounge area. They also have private offices that I can choose to spend money on a la carte, you know, ad hoc as I go. If I want to use the conference room, maybe I have a, a customer that wants to visit with me, I can use the conference room. I got to pay. But 99 bucks a month, I mean, that's just nothing. I mean, if I were to go and get an executive suite somewhere, I'd be paying at least $1,000 a month. But here I can come and go as I please. And there are different, I can go to different facilities. You know, I, here in San Diego County, I can go to different ones just to try something different. They're, they have locations in the UTC area and Little Italy and in East Village near Petco Park, where they've got a much larger workspace area that's kind of almost more social. I mean, they've got all kinds of, you know, that kind of that work fun play area where you see that in a lot of internet companies where they have um, pool tables and different things, you know, for people to relax while they're working and have a little bit of that enjoyment. Some of these Regis places have that too. So to me, this is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really seeing this as an, another opportunity to break a comfort zone, and I'm excited about it. Um, so I'll share more thoughts with you about it as I go. And it's only month to month, right? So if I can do it for a while and if it's no longer serving me and I just go back to working from home, then fine. I could just turn it off after a month. But it's, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, you know, we need to challenge ourselves. We need to be uncomfortable. And that's how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to discover new things within ourselves. That's how we're going to advance our career, advance our business, advance our life. By getting out of a comfort zone and being uncomfortable. Because that's when the growth happens. So if you want to continue the conversation, you can seek me out online. Go to my one of my websites, well, my main website, of course, is johnreillyproject.com. You can also go to connectwithjohnny.com, connectwithjohnny.com. There I've got all my social media um, links, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All the audio podcast platforms are listed there. You can even get on our mailing list. But if you want to continue the conversation on Facebook, I welcome your thoughts and comments. Join us there. 
I have a, we have some really good conversations with some of the people in our audience that like continuing the discussion. We have one. We have I have two Facebook groups. My main one is the John Riley Project Facebook group. It's you know where I post all my episodes. But I've got this separate one called the John Riley Project Insiders Group. And there you got to answer a few questions to get in. I let everyone in, but a lot of the you know. A lot of the more hardcore fans of the podcast will post there. Pete Neal posts there frequently. And we have some really good discussion. And I welcome to continue the conversation there. Okay. Got a couple of quotes here to close this podcast out. The first one is from George Bernard Shaw, kind of an American icon, an author. He says, liberty means responsibility. And that is why most people dread it, right? That's the beauty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Having liberty, that means we can choose. We can take action. We can make strategic decisions in our lives. But when we make those choices, we sometimes get into uncomfortable situations, sometimes good uncomfortable, sometimes bad uncomfortable. But then we have to take responsibility, especially when it's bad, uncomfortable. Um, And yeah, it's it's a really good quote. Liberty means responsibility. That is why most people dread it. Now, here's a couple more. From Tim Ferriss, F-E-R-I-S-S. Now, Tim Ferriss has a podcast that's very popular. I've listened to a number of his episodes. He's very good. And he has a book called The Four-Hour Workweek, which I haven't read, but that sounds pretty intriguing, right? A four-hour workweek. Now, there's obviously a lot more that you do in a week than work just four hours. But he he has a great quote, and he says, most people will choose unhappiness over uncertainty. Yeah, that's what we've talked about here. There, There are people that will stay in a crap job because they're fearful of what's on the other side. They're fearful of leaving what they know and going somewhere where they don't know anyone. Leaving, you know, it's kind of like they say they they know where all the dead bodies are buried. Even in they might be in a crap position, crap job. It may be a comfort zone, and they're unwilling to really pursue their happiness. So instead, they choose unhappiness over uncertainty. That's a really good quote from Tim Ferriss. And finally, here's another quote. And it's from a guy named Mark Manson, who wrote a a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. (laughs) And this is a really, really good quote. It's a great one to close the podcast on. He says, at some point, most of us reach a place where we're afraid to fail, where we instinctively avoid failure and stick only to what is placed in front of us or only what we're already good at. This confines us and stifles us. We can be truly successful only at something we're willing to fail at. If we're unwilling to fail, then we're unwilling to succeed. That's really good. You know, I started this podcast. I figured, boy, I could fall on my ass. I could fall on my face. I could fail. You know, in this podcast, I'm having a great time. We built an audience, but you know, it's, not the Joe Rogan podcast. It's not like this insane, huge audience. And I do things in this podcast. I learn, I fail, I get better. 
But if we fear failure, then we never really grow. We just remain stuck in our comfort zone. And so that's what I would encourage all of us to do is be self-aware. If we're in a comfort zone, ask ourselves why. And then ask ourselves if we're willing to push ourselves to get out of a comfort zone. Is the uncomfortableness worth it? And I bet you, if you really think it through, it is, but it's just the scary. You got to take a leap, try new things. But you know what? You only live once and you can't wait for that perfect opportunity to come to you on a silver platter. Because if you wait, it'll never come. Or if you wait and it finally does come and it's too late and you're almost near the end of your life and then it's game over. So... Yeah, ditch the crap job for sure. You're better than that. People are paying more money. You can learn new skills. And now more than ever is the opportunity golden. So on that, I'll leave it with you. This is the John Riley Project. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, you, for watching. For those of you that are watching on the live stream, I'll be back at you Wednesday at two o'clock or thereabouts. I think we started a little late today, Um, but I'll be back at you Wednesday at two. And until then, have a great day. And we're, we're kicking off summer, right? So hopefully your summer is going really well. Thanks friends. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor, subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog, or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.